are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Here we go, hour number two of the show, Off and Running With You. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Go! With the home team. They are your home team. Your local Farm Bureau insurance agents. Lots of things to like about a Friday like this one. Number one, it's not freezing like it was last Friday, literally freezing. We don't have ice on anything now. Uh, number two, we got we had women's basketball last night. We got men's basketball tomorrow. Uh, the sun came out. <clears throat> Let's see. You got NFL football this weekend. Lots of things to like about a Friday. And hot coffee in my cup from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Go to highpointroasters.com, get your coffee there. I'm on some uh, the the Costa Rica roast, just right. That's good stuff. Go to highpointroasters.com and stay caffeinated. It's a good way to go through life. Caffeinated, <laughs> right? Okay. Hey, by the way, thanks to my man JCP, John Clark. With a reminder, I saw this earlier today in the notes, and I kind of had let it slip my mind here, but my man Packer, he reminded me here that on this day, this day, January 26th, all the way back in 1979, I was just barely three years old. When the first episode of this show aired on CBS. Just a good old boy. The Dukes of Hazard. Bo and Luke. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law. Uncle Jesse. Daisy. Boss Hog. Roscoe P. Coltrane, Cooter, and all of them. Sing along. Making their way, You know, you know the words. That's just a little bit more than the noble and Just a good old boy. Yes, sir. Wouldn't change if they could. Uh, we all watched that show a lot as a kid when they changed it up. <laughs> Which one was that? And <laughs> that, that hollered at the end of it. At, you know, in the intro. Remember, because right as that particular moment in the intro happened, you're listening to that song from uh from Merle Haggard. Was it Merle Haggard? And uh and in the car. And the general leave the car, jumped over the, they did the jump, you know, and they hollered. Was that Bo or was that Luke? And buddy, don't you know I remember when they tried to change it up on us? I was a little guy watching. You know, I didn't know anything about anything. All I knew is that these two guys running from the police <laughs> was entertaining. 
scratching off in that car, throwing rocks everywhere they went, and jumping stuff, and flying, and then, and then Roscoe in the cop car would fly into a hay bale. <laughs> and Roscoe had the Basset Hound, you know, and Daisy drove the Jeep, Uncle Jesse drove the pickup, you know, and that whole deal, that whole deal. That's all I, that's all I knew. And then one of these days, okay, I don't know if it was a contract dispute or if they got old or what, but they tried to trick us, and Bo and Luke weren't there anymore, and instead it was their cousins. Y'all remember this? Coy and Vance. <laughs> I remember thinking, what is this? <laughs> Who is that? What kind of names are those? <laughs> that was terrible. That was a terrible pivot. I didn't watch any of that. Not after Bo and Luke. So that uh, it aired for the first time on this day back in 1979. Now, something that aired earlier this week that I want you to get a taste of because you wouldn't believe the number of messages, <clears throat> like Facebook messages, because I had a post on the Facebook page about it. Facebook messages, questions. I had a few texts from friends. Uh, I even had a conversation with Anna Beth about this, and she started asking me questions about this interview that we did on the show that I thought, man, I wish I'd have thought of that. She came up with much better questions than I did. Remember that we, we talked earlier in the week to the bear guy? I had seen it on the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks Facebook page about a recent event with the bear, the black bear program for MDWFP here in the state of Mississippi. We have a good, solid, healthy population of black bears in the state of Mississippi. And we learned in the interview kind of where they live primarily, why we're tracking them, how. And what it was the other day is they had a group of veterans. There's this veteran um sort of advocacy and, and post-service group who, well, I guess that's what a veteran is, who reached out and kind of hooked up where they're going out and they have to, to capture these black bears. And in some cases, you're checking on your health because you're trying to manage the, the population. You're, you're putting a tracker in that uh, hide somewhere so that you can track them and see how far they travel, trying to get better data on just how they need to go about managing the black bear population in the state of Mississippi. It's fascinating stuff. And the guy who heads up that program for MDWFP is Anthony Ballard, who, yes, at least once I called him Andrew. And at least once I gave the wrong name to Beaver, and he called him Andrew a couple of times. <laughs> so it's all our fault. But his, we got it right, ultimately. His name's Anthony Ballard. Here is that uh, conversation about the black bear population in Mississippi. Do we have a healthy black bear population here in the state of Mississippi? We do. Uh, it's actually healthy and growing, and it's in more and more parts of the state as, as time goes on. And so this post I saw yesterday, for example, it was on the MDWFP Facebook page. And it's you guys as a part of the bear program, and am I right, it was relocating a black bear here in Mississippi? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, we we actually try to uh, – that's actually a common uh, misconception that's out there that we relocate black bears. Okay. And to make a long, you know, 
synopsis short, mm-hmm. uh, typically what happens almost always is if the bear is relocated, it's going to either find its way back to where it was, or a lot of times it gets die trying. Uh, it, it dies trying. Um, oftentimes gets hit by a car. You were talking about vehicle collisions. Right. Um, you know, every time a bear has to cross the road, that's a higher likelihood it's going to be to, to get killed. Wow. Okay, so I, I'm going to ask some questions that probably are novice questions, but I bet they're ones that you get a lot. So first of all, like where, what parts of Mississippi do you see more black bear, like naturally? So we actually have a map on our website. If anybody wants to go look, it's mdwfp.com and then go to the Black Bear Program. But essentially, most of our population is on the western side of the state along the Mississippi River. Okay. Uh, we've got a lot in southwest Mississippi and then a, another pretty strong uh, contingency there in, in southeast Mississippi as well. So if you kind of went along the edge of the state, you know, starting at the northwest and going all the way down and then all the way to the coast. Okay, so mostly west. Okay, and so for example, the the post that was on the MDWFP Facebook page yesterday with pictures, uh, it says it's in Claiborne County, and it was a black bear capture. So when I see capture, what what was going on with this? Well, a lot of people don't realize, you know, wildlife and fisheries have been doing bear research and bear um, projects in the state for twenty years now. Uh, it started in twenty in two thousand and three, and so. A lot of that research uh, over the years has involved a lot of the same thing, which is capturing black bears. We anesthetize them, and then we put uh, ear tags, GPS collars, which back in the day they were radio collars. Now we have GPS. Mm. Uh, And then um, basically other markers where we can identify those bears. We watch movement. We watch the expansion over time. We collect DNA evidence to send that off to to look at kind of the overall population of where these different bears might have come from. There's a lot of information we can get, and so that capture in Claiborne County, that's actually the, I think, eighth bear that I've caught uh, mm. between Fort Gibson and Utica in Claiborne County, uh, uh, August, I believe. So, oh, wow. Uh, there's actually been a, a pretty good many. We've actually got 22 collared bears on the air uh, active right now in, I think, seven different counties. Wow. So 22 total. Well, and that makes sense now that I think about it, because, you know, Andrew, when I have say, ridden on 61 between Vicksburg and Natchez. Like, my wife's from Vicksburg and her father-in-law's from Natchez, so we've had times when we've traveled on that highway. And I know that there's one stretch of highway, I think, before I get to Port Gibson, where the highway is raised, it's long and straight because you're going through a swampy area. And I remember seeing the sign on the side of the highway. It said, Bear Crossing. And, you know, like, being from Alabama and living in North Mississippi, I just hadn't seen that much but it's a real thing those that they may cross the road i guess yep definitely is there's some more signs like that uh once you get into the south delta you know north of vicksburg uh also along 61 and so you know those are put out there because that is that is firmly in the center now of bear country and and it's uh you know it's always that possibility out there wow how about that that is really cool um on your radio right now anthony ballard and he's uh in the front of the black bear program at mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And and I saw this on Facebook yesterday at MDWFP. So in Claiborne County, a black bear capture, and it was a female that weighed 219 pounds, an adult female. So in terms of size for your for an average adult female, is that pretty average, 219, 220? Yeah, that's about average. Uh, I think the heaviest female that we caught uh, here recently was about 240. 
Uh, typically, they're going to run, you know, right there around 200 to 250. And again, that's also the time of year. This time of year, they'll be a lot heavier because they've got all that winter fat. Hmm. And then in the summertime, that same bear might weigh, you know, 20 or 30 pounds less. It just kind of depends. Okay, so when you put a GPS on one like that female, how, how far does a bear like that travel? They, they move a lot? They do. Uh, your males are going to move more, especially your your adult males. They're going to have a larger home range. You know, from, from farthest point to furthest point, you're looking at uh, in the delta where you've got a lot more open land, hmm. you know, somewhere – you know, 15, 20, 25 miles. Uh, and then your females are going to be smaller than that, usually about 5 to 10. But, you know, that being said, we've also had a young male. Uh, a lot of the young males will just kind of take sabbaticals and they'll just, you know, they're dispersing away from, from the adult sow maybe for the first time. Mm-hmm. And we had one we collared in Wilkinson County the um, back, in, back in May of uh, this past year that went from right there southern part of wilkinson county all the way he's he's still right now east of lafayette louisiana which is about 65 miles <laughs> good grief yeah he's on the i don't know what he's looking for he's looking for something to eat or something to do <laughs> one or the other that is pretty well whatever cool. he was whatever he was looking for he found it because he's he went straight down there and made a beeline to it and he's been hanging down there ever since so <laughs> i don't know if he was a louisiana bear we just happened to catch in the state or vice versa who knows <laughs> how about that uh, Anthony Ballard from MDWFP on your radio right there, right now. So, okay, and the other interesting part of this story that I saw, and again, if y'all are listening, you want to see it, just look at uh, Mississippi Department of Wildlife Fisheries and Parks on Facebook. And yesterday, one of their posts shows the pictures of this black bear that they captured and tagged in Claiborne County. And then there's a group that was involved in this, uh, Andrew, called uh, The Fallen Outdoors. What is that? Well, you know, I have organizations that will reach out every now and then. Uh, the Fallen Outdoors is, is a veteran uh, 5013C, and they um, one of the, the organizers there uh, contacted me several weeks ago. And, you know, normally they do hunts and fishing events and that kind of thing. But, you know, he thought that would be sort of a unique thing to take out veterans and, and let them experience that. And so, you know, it, it was kind of one of those, can't promise anything but i'll see what i can do mm-hmm. and um whenever i was able to capture that female and um was able to call him up and i said hey i've got one if you can you know get a group of guys to come in the morning you're welcome to come and was able to um to let them jump in and and those military guys man you know obviously we're, we're thankful for their service and and um and very grateful for that but one thing that i noticed it was just so cool to watch because you know, they're just so used to jumping in and getting stuff done. And, I mean, we always kind of have our, our our briefing to where everybody gets their job, everybody knows what to expect so that, you know, we all can just kind of jump in and start the work up. Mm-hmm. And, man, those guys jumped in head first and, <laughs> and started getting stuff done. It was really cool to watch. And uh, so we had a really good time, and it was a great experience. That's neat to hear sort of about that. You know, that military mindset of because, you know, I'm being honest, Andrew, like if, if I was with you and, and we we're doing that, I'm, I trust you and I trust the scenario. But when it's time to like go hands on with a black bear, I've never done it before. I might be a little hesitant, <laughs> you know, and you're saying yeah, these yeah. guys didn't hesitate. Huh? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's probably one of those things where, you know, I would imagine they're probably fairly used to receiving right. information based on very little 
knowledge of what they're going into mm-hmm. and uh you know and just and just jump in and get things done so yeah uh it was it was pretty cool to watch that and you know they asked questions when they needed to and they they um follow instructions very well and, and did a heck of a job so andrew what's the what can you tell us about the process of capturing one like i see the pictures and, and y'all have got her tagged and ready to you know release her i guess but in terms like how do you capture a black bear for your purpose well it depends uh, a lot of times and and i'll kind of have a plug for for the other facebook page it's mm-hmm. called mississippi black bears Okay. Uh, that's a page that I started back in the spring of 2023. And a lot of the landowners that I've been able to make contact with has been a result of that page. So it started out with just to share photos and then it kind of evolved into a sort of a repository for me to make contact with landowners. So okay. a lot of times a land, landowner will contact me and say, Hey, I've got bears in my place. Most of the time they're going to be coming to a, a, a feeder because that's where people usually put cameras. They set up a feeder and set up a camera. And so oftentimes what I'll do is I'll put my trap right beside that feeder and, you know, I'll bait it with whatever's in the feeder plus some. So I'll use vanilla, peanut butter, uh, cake batter mix, just all kinds of different things to, you know, to, if I can divert that bear and just entice him just a little bit to go check out what's in that trap, then I can trap him. And these traps that I've used, uh, since August, I've, I've built my first one. They're live stream automated traps, just oh, like wow. the the hog traps that are so popular now. So, when it when I get a motion notification, I can start that live stream and I can watch that bear. And the the bear that we had that we trapped actually had two cubs with her too. Uh, they were almost well, basically yearlings. Now they're almost one. Mm-hmm. And so what I was able to do is make sure that the gate was that they were in a safe distance away from the gate. I could trap her, work her up, and then when we released her. Uh, right there on site, we were able to, you know, let them get back together and go on their way. How about that? Okay, so as you were talking about it, Andrew, I went over and I'm looking at that Facebook page, the Mississippi Black Bears Facebook page, and the 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 profile picture. For those listening, if you look it up, it has a picture of the um, the road sign, the bear crossing road sign. But there's a picture there uh, from you, like recently there in January, posted. With two little bitty, cute as a button, black bear cubs, one on one shoulder and one on the other. Is that, it, I don't know if that's the experience you're talking about there, but that's about the age you were talking about, I guess. Well, no, these, these bears, uh, if you scroll down, you'll see a picture of, of the uh, okay. sow. And I say cubs, yearlings is a better description because okay. this coming, they're, they're almost a year old right now. So oh, okay. Probably, so they're a little bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So they're 70 pounds or so probably um and so yeah they're they're very mobile so those that you saw there the the really small ones Mm. those are what we get during our den checks so this time of year um most of our bears in mississippi specifically the pregnant females will go into the den and they'll they'll do that specifically to have um to have offspring have a a litter of cubs Mm. and so what we do is our collared females that we can find We'll go locate those dens, we'll sedate the females, and we do what's called den checks so we can take uh, inventory of reproduction, see if, if, you know, how many of our sows are having cubs, how many cubs they're having, look at the overall health, and it's just another way to gather data on, you know, specifically on the reproduction of our black bear population. Okay, and I'm seeing this now. You mentioned the den check, and you had a post on that page from January 16th. That 
is fascinating. You, here, here are pictures of you in the den or at the den of a mama black bear who is hibernating. And of course, you're checking and and the pictures of the cubs and everything. And it's just it's it's almost for someone like me that doesn't know about this, Andrew. It's almost surreal to see that and think, okay, that's in Mississippi. You know, I think a lot of people maybe aren't even aware that that's right here under our nose. Yeah, that was one thing that really you know I just took the bear program uh, from our from our predecessor in um, unofficially in November of twenty two, officially in in February of of last year, and when we kind of got that Facebook page up and running, it it had a huge effect on mm-hmm. the awareness that people had that we even had black bears in the state. And that was one of the, one of the comments that kept getting repeated. I can't believe we have black bears in the state. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we we have a actually a pretty good population in certain areas, you know, and, uh, and it's growing every day. And so that's another objective that I have with this Facebook page is, is also to put in some educational stuff, how to, how to responsibly live with black bears, you know, uh, what to do if you encounter one, you know, because that thing, something that more and more people are going to have to kind of go through those mental exercises that they may not have ever done before. Sure. I hope you enjoy that. Let's look back at what I thought was a really interesting conversation. That's something I, I didn't know that much about. You know, like I knew every now and then there was a bear spotting in Mississippi, like three, there's four, like maybe we got five. There's actually a pretty good sized population and an entire part of the agency, the, Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, that is keeping up with it, monitoring it, and and helping them. That's really interesting. All right. Rolling along with you here on this Friday in the Bureau. Stick around. All right, back with you. Uh, so at the end of that the interview with um, Anthony Ballard, it wasn't Andrew, who I did call him Andrew. But it's it's weird how somebody like me, like your brain can work. That somebody you just met, you call him two different names in the same interview. His name is Anthony Ballard. And um, he is running the Black Bear Program for Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. <clears throat> and uh, I just, you know, that I love learning stuff like that. Especially going out, crawling down in a bear den right here in Mississippi while they're hibernating. It's, it's really fascinating to me. All right, Donovan texts the show on that subject. On the country-pleasing text line, country-pleasing sausage. I finished up the jalapeno cheddar. I started some original smoked sausage flavor this morning. And I thawed out that duck and pork. I'm thinking about grilling a couple of those and chowing down on that for dinner tonight. Uh, Donovan texted the show and said, A buddy and I were walking in for a morning hunt last year at the Delta National and walked up on a black bear at 35 yards. Long story short, he says, we slowly backed out and did not go hunting that morning. <laughs> Jeremy texts the show 
And he, he sent me a video here. He says, this is from a video I took in 2021 just off I-20 in Bovina. The picture doesn't do justice just how big this bear was. He said they had to call in someone from the Delta to tra tranquilize it so they could relocate it. And I, I mean, I, so it's not a video. It's a still shot from the video. <laughs> That's a big old boy right there now. I can just tell from the his size and the tree line and distance. And if you were at Bovina, I mean, that's... I've, I've done a lot of stomping around in the woods <laughs> in Bovina. Uh, Scott texts the show and says, Hey, Matt, I listened to your bear interview yesterday, and I thought it was fascinating. He said, I just caught it again. I actually heard a few things I didn't catch yesterday. <laughs> Thanks for playing it again. <laughs> well, Scott, I... I'm glad I, I I'm glad. And look, for me, man, I, I need to hear some things more than once in order to really get it. <laughs> um so I'm glad you liked it. Hey, here is uh, an update on the story that broke yesterday, and we talked about it on the show. But I didn't have a lot of these details at the time we talked about it yesterday. We got new details today on the story about Ki uh, Kishon Butte, the former LSU receiver. Went to the NFL, but got himself arrested yesterday for, or was it two days ago? Any, anyhow, within the last couple of days, he got arrested for his uh, gambling activity while he was at LSU. No, it was yesterday. He was arrested yesterday on charges related to illegal online gaming while he was underage, played at LSU. And we, we had the number yesterday that there were 8,900 bets, 8,900 illegal bets that he placed because of his age and the fact that he was an NCAA athlete and all this kind of stuff. And it happened within a year. It said from April of 2022 to May of 2023. Um. State police said in a news release at least 17 of the bets were on NCAA football games. Six of those were on his team that he was on, LSU football. Um, bets were made while he was still under the age of 21, not legally allowed to gamble, according to Louisiana State Police. Now, here's a, here's a few of the details we did not have yesterday. Investigators said the efforts led to more, this is the investigation, led to more than $500,000 in winnings. With most of that money being used to place additional bets. Keishon Bute, Bute, who is now 21, is currently listed in the Patriots roster. Played in five games last year. Arrested Thursday, felony charge of computer fraud and a misdemeanor count of gaming prohibited for persons under 21. Released from East Baton Rouge Parish Prison, $6,000 bond. Computer fraud punishable by a fine of up to $10,000 and a prison term of five years or less. Illegal gambling carries maximum penalties of $1,000 and six months in jail. All right, now, what's the difference? Like, what's computer fraud? 
for one year. Um, yeah. So here you go. According to the warrant, Keishan Butte, while he was at LSU, six different times he bet on LSU football, including one game, LSU versus Florida State. Remember that? They lost it season opener a couple years ago. He bet on himself in that game, September 4th, 2022. Placed a bet on himself that he would personally score at least one touchdown and another that he would have over 82.5 receiving yards. And in that game, he had two catches for 20 yards and no touchdowns. Lost money on himself there. Uh, and according to the warrant, so of these whole things, some of this, he deposited a total of $132,147.53 into his gambling account that he was gambling out of. He put over a <laughs> over $130,000 in his gaming account and won a total of $556,267.58, but used most of that to keep on gambling. But he did withdraw $50,282.36 from that account. He's a native of New Iberia. Went to Westgate High School. Big-time player. Three years at LSU as a receiver. In a statement, LSU said it was made of the aware of the allegations last July. University said, since then, we have fully cooperated with all relevant authorities involved in the investigation and will continue to do so. We have no evidence that any other student-athletes participated in these prohibited activities. He is the only one. The quote continues, and we are grateful for measures that detect and discourage sports gambling-related misconduct. Well, there are the details. So one thing, I'll tell you what, when I was talking about it yesterday with Anna Beth on the show, one thing I, I was wrong about, I said, if he, if he made that many bets, he lost a ton of money. Well, He made a lot, but then he didn't spend a lot of it or take it home. He just turned right back around, bet it on something else. He's done. I mean, that, don't you? Somebody texted it in yesterday when we were talking about it and, and said, you know, that, that amount sounds like a person who may have a problem, right? Bo texts the show. Bo in Florence texts the show, and he said computer fraud would probably be confirming that he was of legal age when he actually wasn't. Just my guess. And see, Bo, okay, let's just say that's it. According to this deal, that's a whole different problem than illegal gambling. It says illegal gambling. You're not supposed to do it. You're too young, right? $1,000 fine, six months in jail. Computer fraud, $10,000 fine, prison term of five years or less. I mean, up to five. They ain't going to put him in jail for five years for that, are they? Um, Ellis Hugh, I think, confirmed that. He said, as I understand it, the computer fraud is the fake online profile part of it. 
It's an illegal gambling deal applicable anywhere. So that would be what? You know, you go and convince somebody to let you place a bet even though you're not 18 or over 18? Well, look, and somebody had to do it. You knew it was a matter of time. And, and this is a day later. But True Maroon has texted the country pleasing text line, and he said they put his bootay in jail. <laughs> look, it's a joke you just have to make. You, you can't let it go by, can you, True Maroon? I mean, listen. And put his booty in jail. <laughs> you have to do it. Somebody's got to make the joke. We know it, it's coming. We can see it a mile away. Somebody had to do it. <laughs> right. Now, I'm not laughing at his situation. I hope that he's okay. Beaver, did you approve of the joke? You okay with that one? No, remember, I'm offended <laughs> by things that are lame. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see what my dad joke machine that I got for Father's Day. Let me see. I'm going to hit the button once. Let's see what joke we get. Here it is. My friend David lost his ID. Now I call him Dav. <laughs> call him what? Oh, Dav. Oh, I get it. My friend David lost his ID. Now I just call him Dav. <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> Stick around. We're going to end the week the right way. Bible questions with my friend Terry Fant coming up next. Stick around. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. Ready, ready. Ready for the weekend, right? You got men's basketball tomorrow. State's going to host Auburn at 2.30 at Humphrey Coliseum. State trying to rebound after the midweek loss on the road at Florida. Auburn trying to rebound after the midweek loss on the road at Alabama. So somebody's going to rebound, somebody's not. Then uh, late tomorrow night, 7.30 tip, Ole Miss at Texas A&M out in College Station. Other games of note, Alabama will host LSU tomorrow night. Uh, Arkansas will host Kentucky tomorrow night. Kentucky's coming off a loss to South Carolina. Tennessee goes to Vandy. That's five. Early games tomorrow, Florida's going to host Georgia and South Carolina. Very much improved. We'll host Missouri, who is good and terrible. 0-6 in the SEC. That's tomorrow. But first, we and you and I and us and Ewans and Iron and all of y'all, <laughs> got them all in there, didn't I, are going to try to end the week the right way. We're going to stick our nose in the Bible and maybe get some Bible questions answered with our friend, Terry Fant, pastor at Hickory Ridge Baptist Church in Florence, Mississippi, and he's on your radio right now. Terry, how in the world are you? Matt, if I was doing any better, I'd have to take medicine. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I don't like medicine. No, no, me either. Especially I don't when, understand that little deal, but yeah. Especially when I have to take it, then <laughs> I really don't like it. Sometimes we got to take our medicine. 
It's good to hear your voice, Terry. And I, I wanted to um, raise a topic with you and see if you could point us to some scripture that we can read and remember and memorize and kind of write on our hearts and take it with us regarding obedience. I was thinking about this the other day, Terry, you know, the Christian life and and following Jesus, it is about a life of obedience. And then sometimes maybe someone might hear that and think, okay, but that means being restricted, clamped down, no fun, right? You know, obedience. But really, ironically, it's just the opposite. It's like that through that obedience, it's really the only way to have a life of truly freedom a freedom-filled life is through obedience in Jesus. So let's just start on that topic and that idea, some scripture that, that you can take us through. Where do we start? Well, Matt, I, um, I would say there's a lot of different places we can look at. Um, I think a couple of verses just to consider and get started would be in Galatians chapter 6. And the book of Galatians really is a book that's about um, this argument between the law, which we attach to obedience, right? What do we obey? We obey what God says, yeah. and grace. And so what's happened is the people are pointing to obedience as the, as the pathway to be right with God, and Paul oh. takes that whole book and explains that, no, no, uh, it's not the pathway to be right with God, but, but that now that you surrendered to Christ, your life is now obedience because he has loved you and he has saved you. Okay. And so, for instance, Galatians 6.14, um, Paul was talking about the fact that they were bragging about their obedience and following of the law, and here's what Paul said in Galatians 6.14, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So what Paul's saying there in that verse is that, yes, obedience is the key, but he's not obeying to receive God's love, but because God has expressed his love to him through the cross of Jesus Christ, he now doesn't want to go the way of the world in disobedience. He wants to uh, go the way of God and follow Jesus. Okay. Okay, and there's so much there. I mean, <laughs> it's like this happens every time, Terry. It's like you could take one verse <laughs> And, and 45 yeah. minutes later, we still ain't through with it. You know, it's like, but there's so much there, okay? Be because he says, God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the, the, the connotation is there that there's some boasting going on sometimes. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe it, it's called you know, obedience or, or Christian, but maybe it's right. Not really right. It ain't exactly in line. Am I, am I in the ballpark? Absolutely. They, they were hanging their hat on. We're doing what he says do, but it wasn't because they loved him or they surrendered to him just because they wanted to look right on the outside. Yeah. And what Paul's saying there about the, about the cross is that through the cross of Jesus Christ, that old part of him that did, that first didn't want to obey God's law, or want to obey for the wrong reason, that part of him is dead. Now, now obedience is an expression of his love for God. Gotcha. And again, for those... Uh, life, go ahead, Terry. I was just going to say, it's just what he's saying is he had to be born again because of the cross mm. to ever want to live obedience, not for self-righteousness, but to point to Christ. Right. And and then the second half of that 
verse is by virtue of what you just said. He's saying when I do that. Um, you know, you know, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Meaning, here it's just one of I think several examples that if you look at it, Terry, where a very clear dividing line is drawn with Jesus on one side and the world on the other. Right? Do I have it right there? Absolutely. He didn't want them to mistake, because remember, he's sort of correcting them because they're boasting about their obedience. Mm -hmm. And he didn't want them to mistakenly think that he's saying, don't obey. He's saying uh, obedience comes because he's died to himself through Christ. And there's a, now there's a line in the sand. And the only reason he obeys is because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because of what Jesus did. All right, Terry Fant on your radio right now. We're talking about this idea of, for a Christian, obedience. But that being really the only way to freedom, having a free life. Okay, so w some more scripture. Where else can we go? If you go right on down in that same chapter, from that into uh, uh, Galatians, excuse me, uh, actually over to Romans chapter 6. Okay. And if you look at verses 17 to 22, it's a little bit longer passage than that, but in 17 to 22, he deals with the same issue. Hmm. All right. Um, and I'll read. So what he says. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll read the scripture. So this is 17 through 22, chapter 6. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered and have been set free from sin. You became slaves of righteousness. Now, now that's the first verse, but but the language there, what, what he's saying is that before you were a slave of sin, but it says, yet you obeyed from the heart, which that's an easy part to jump over in that verse, I would think. What do you think on it that? It is. Thing? It's not an action on me. Well, you're right. It's, it's not. He, you're exactly right. He's not telling them that. He said you didn't obey it, just an action on the outside. But your heart obeyed that form of doctrine. And that form of doctrine which you heard and were delivered, he's talking about the gospel. Mm -hmm. They've heard the gospel. From the heart, they responded to the gospel. Right. And they were slaves of sin. And get this, Matt, because when we're slaves of sin, we think we're free. Yep. We think, oh, I'm free. I had a man tell me one time when I was 17, 18, we went and visited him. He was uh, struggling with alcohol. And, and uh, I have in my own life and know a lot of people who have. And so we went and talked with him about that. And uh, he said, you know, you, he, he laughed at us. We were 18, 19 years old. He said, you guys are not free. He said, you have to go to church. You have to not drink. You have to this, that. He said, I'm the one who's free. And he, he laughed at us. And we, we tried to encourage him. He's a friend of mine's dad. And we tried to encourage him. And, and Matt, here's the sad, uh, shocking end of that story. Um, it was about three years later that he uh, died of alcohol poisoning. Mm. And so I know that's a, a very harsh thing to think about, but, but again, he, he said to us, I'm the one who's free. Uh -huh. right. But the scripture says when we're, when we're living in sin, we're a slave to sin. Yeah. And I think, you know, about that verse um, where, you know, uh, I guess it's in John where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he tells him the son of man didn't come to uh, condemn the world, but to save it, you know, and that mm -hmm. they might have life and have it more abundantly. It's, yes. Is and it's like too often our natural tendency, or someone who doesn't know him, you don't take him for his word. But according to his own word, Jesus said, I, "I'm here to give you life, and that you'd have it more abundantly." In other words, 
more freely and abundantly than you could ever have it on your own without me. Is basically what he's saying, right? Yeah, I'm so glad you picked that verse because it doesn't mean abundantly I'm going to have a bigger house and more money. Right. It means it, it now. It may, but but what it does certainly mean is that I'm going to have it more abundantly in that I will be free from those chains that before Christ had me bound. Mm-hmm. That's the abundant life. I, I told somebody the other day, uh, one guy got saved, and then after that his wife got saved, and then his little brother got saved. And I said, man, God gets one little crack in the door. And he just, it's amazing what Jesus is doing in the family. And I said, I looked at him, and he was baptizing his son. I said, now, we thought we were living before when we were living in sin. I said, boy, now we finally know what living's all about. True freedom. <laughs> True freedom. Now we know what living's all about. If that's not a song lyric, it ought to be. I'll tell you that much. Oh, man. <laughs> Terry, that's really good. And for those listening, the verses we discussed, okay, that was in Galatians chapter 6 and then in Romans chapter 6 particularly uh, Galatians, the entire book, but Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Terry, can't thank you enough, man. I really appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Have a great weekend. Man, I always enjoy it. Thank you, brother. Same here. That's Terry Fant. Check out his podcast, Truth For Today with Terry Fant. You'll really enjoy that. For Beaver, I'm Matt. All of us here on the show. See you on Monday.